Welcome into Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions or topics that are related to Christianity, but that you may not hear explained in a sermon. In this episode, we are going to talk about the pros and cons of being a live streamer. So one of the great benefits that we have at our church is that we're able to live stream our services online, which can be a really good thing if it's used correctly, or if not, it could be a bad thing. And so that's the discussion we're going to have today. So welcome in. This is Church Unplugged. Hey, welcome into uh, Church Unplugged. It's great to be with you. My name is Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me today Zach Wyrock, Joe Coffey, and Todd Iannetta, and we are going to tackle not really a question, but more of pros and cons of live streaming. So if you've been around CCC for any length of time, you know that we live stream our services. You can watch them via the internet. You can watch uh, back archives of sermons. And so um, what are the pros? What are the cons to that? We'll start there, and then we'll answer some other questions that are related to uh, the church and what it means to be a part of a church. But let's start there. What are some of the benefits and then drawbacks to live streaming our services on the weekend? Well, I think definitely there are pros and cons, which is why we have talked about it off and on as a staff of whether it's a good thing or a bad thing uh, to live stream services. So um, let's start with the positives. I, I get emails every couple of weeks from somebody saying, thanks so much for live streaming. I was traveling and uh, it keeps me caught up with what's going on. Or my kids were sick and I watched or uh, people get to live stream before they actually visit the church, which is huge for somebody who's trying to figure out whether they want to come to church at all. And they don't know, they pass by our building, they don't know really what goes on in there. And then they get to see it live stream and they go, oh, that's what it's like. And then they can come. So I get uh, emails all the time about the positives. Yeah, I would add to that people you know, who, who are shut-ins that can't get out. We also have a resident care ministry that, that's in a number of different nursing homes. You know, so there's, there's a lot of ministry that happens out of the technology that we have with live stream. And so, yeah, I, I think there's a a ton of positives. Yeah, I'm new to CCC. So this is the first church I've ever been part of that does live streaming. But I guess this is how I've always thought about it. And then you guys can tell me where I'm, I'm right or wrong. Uh, I think there are pros and cons, but I think depending on who you are, there may be only pros or cons sometimes. Like for example, like Joe hit on, if you're a non-Christian and you don't have much of a church background and stepping into a church is really uncomfortable for you. And this is not something Christians always appreciate. Like, this is how I would think about it. If you're a Christian, you think, well, that's weird. Why would you be so uncomfortable? Imagine trying to go to a mosque for the first time. Like, how uncomfortable you'd be, how nervous you'd be, what images you'd have in your head of what's going to happen, most of which maybe a local Muslim might laugh at and think that's silly, but you only know what you know. Well, if you've never been to church, that's how you think about your your local Christian church. I don't know what happens there. I don't want to go there. So for that person... I don't know if there is a con. I mean, it, it is. Uh, you might say, "Well, I don't always want them to stay there," but I, I think the gravitational pull probably is is that they're going to be pulled in, and I'm sure you guys could tell stories about that. I think when I think of the cons, I think of a Christian who kind of selfishly uses the live stream. I don't know if I think of live streaming as much as I think of a person who's like, eh, I don't want to get up. I don't want to get out of my pajamas. All I need is me and Jesus and Joe Coffey. I don't need you know other Christians. I mean, those kinds of things where each one of those things I would take issue with. But I don't know if those issues are with live streaming or if they are with how live streaming is, is used. 
So does that, does that make sense? Yeah. That, that's kind of how I, I've thought about it. In the same way that I would think about with my kids to say, if we have guests, they have a different set of rules, right? So my kids, when they come in the house, they have to take their shoes off. But if I have a guest over, I don't tell them. They have to take, if they ask, I'll tell them. But otherwise, my kids could be like, well, how come they get to wear their shoes? And then I have to have a conversation with them. Like, well, you know, they're guests. There's a different set of, they don't feel comfortable here. They don't, you know, you, you know the rules. You don't. In that way, uh, I just think about it differently based on who, who is engaging it. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I think uh, so. Limited background. Like my, uh, my mom and dad, you know, have, my dad was a pastor, so they've been going to church the same time every Sunday for 60 years. And now my mom can't go. And so uh, it's important for them to live stream. And my dad tends to live stream at the same time he would go to church because that makes sense to him. Um, it's a great gift to my parents if we just said, you know what? If you can't physically get to our building, that's too bad. Uh, that would be a ter- that'd be a really rough thing uh, for my parents. So because they're they are not, it's not like they're planning to go someplace else. They are not going anywhere because yeah, my mom can't get up. And that's what I mean for them. What's the con? Right, right. There right. is there is yeah. no right. con. I, you know, I think live stream. In other words, for me, the problem is not with live streaming. Right. It's it's with how live streaming how people is use used. It. Yeah. Yeah, and I think. That's one of the reasons why when you get on the live stream, we still have a message from you, Joe, right, that says, hey, here's how we want you to use right. this, yeah. um, which I think is really, really important. But but we are talking about well, what our live stream numbers are like, 800 to 1,000 people on, on, a, on a weekly basis. So there's a wide range of reasons why people use it. And so I guess at this point, we're kind of addressing people who use it maybe the way that we don't want them to use it. Yeah, yeah. And then the first thing I would say for uh, for a con would be that um, church isn't all about you, right? It's not what you. It's not supposed to be a consumer paradigm for Christians, for people who are committed to Jesus. Uh, it's not supposed to be where you just go in order for what you get. And if you can get the same thing at home that you can get if you go, then more power to you. That's not the whole paradigm. The paradigm is supposed to be being part of a community and going to give. You're going to uh, to see what you can, how you participate in other people's lives. It's not about you, which is a tough thing. Even people who – that you know, to Zach's point, that's not just live stream. That's in somebody's spirit when they come right. and then they, they the act like a consumer. Music is different they would like. Yeah. Right, no, no. and then they say, I didn't like the music or it was too loud and they want to complain about everything because they're consumers in their hearts. Live stream is not going to make that happen or take that away. Yeah, right. So – Yeah, if anything, it just makes it more evident. Right. Yeah. I, no, I think – so the other thing I would say is – I agree, Joe, that the biggest thing is just approaching church like a consumer. What do I like? What's best for me? But even if you were going to approach it that way, I don't think you should, but even if you did, I would say some of the best things that a service offers to you are only available in person. I think of, you know, communion, taking communion with other Christians. Like, what a powerful thing. Uh, That happens here. That happens, you know, uh, well, we're in the block right now. I don't know if it happens here, but it it happens uh, at a physical service. I think when we're singing songs, hearing the person next to me sing, you know, especially if you're in a small group, you know, one of the most powerful things is sitting there on a Sunday singing about God's sovereignty and how God can be trusted, standing next to someone who's in my small group who I know struggling right now. 
right? And so it's not just that they're singing, but it's because you say, well, I listen to the live stream, I can hear voices. Yeah, 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 but you can't connect them to the person in your small group who is singing their guts out, knowing they're struggling, and yet they're saying, I mean, that's a powerful thing that is only available on site. So even if you were going to approach it, what's best for me? What's in it for me? Uh, and I don't think you should, but even if you were, I would argue some of the richest parts of the service you are actually stripping uh, from yourself. And to to Joe's point too, you you know you could be coming to church week in and week out and still have that attitude, that consumer attitude. There's a guy who uh, who I just talked to this past year who that's how he looked at church. He came each week. He felt like it was his dose of inspiration for for the week ahead. But then without fail, Monday came and life was the exact same as it had always been. He finally got plugged into a, a group where there, where God's word was involved, where he was able to um, meet with other believers, and everything in his life began to change. And then when he came to church, it was amazing because he came in and out of church, but he actually was connected with people while he was there. It wasn't just about him getting something. It was about the relationships forming, and now the next thing is for him to find his place to serve and add to the church. But yeah. yeah, that's good. And I also should say, too, if you have children, I think this is especially pressing because, you know, I worked for three years as a, as a student pastor, and I noticed this, uh, this, this experience would happen frequently where parents of small children, as those children got involved in extracurricular activities, would routinely place those extracurricular activities above engaging in the local church, uh, above the mission of the local church. But then those same parents, when their children were teenagers, would would be sitting in my office kind of bemoaning the lack of spiritual interest in their children and and just, you know, at that point, sadly, connecting the dots for them and saying, you know, you, you routinely communicated to your kids that church was about what was convenient. Church was about, you know, it was it, when you had time, it was good. When you didn't have time, you'd, you'd have it on in the background while you were doing something or, you know, and, and like... You reap what you sow. Like that, that is sending a message. And I think, I honestly think if you're a parent, and, and I think this is true even if you're single or you're, you're married without kids, like there's something to be said for showing up. There, there's just, a, there's a power in showing up, in, in pushing through what's uncomfortable, in pushing through what's difficult. I think people will see that, people notice, it matters to people. And, uh, and, I, and I just, I think that's not to be undersold. Especially because at some point, that kid is going to have to step into a church, a, yeah. an uncomfortable environment. And so if you and don't... it's either worth it or not, right? right? You've either modeled that it's worth it or not. But that's, and that comes back to an even bigger question of why does the church meet regularly in the first place? Does it meet regularly to hear a sermon? Does it meet regularly to hear really good music? Or is there something even bigger and more meaningful than that? Because if... If it's just to hear a sermon, guess what? With the the technology we have now, I could start listening to sermons the moment we finish this podcast and listen to sermons for years without hearing the same one twice. And you know, if it's just to hear good music, same thing. There's music all over the place. So it, for me, it kind of comes back to a bigger question: Why does the church gather in the first place? What are we trying to accomplish? Is it something bigger than that? Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a lot of answers to that, and I don't know if we're, we want to get into all of them. Here, but I, I think one thing I would say is, I think people might say, "Well, it's the church's responsibility to make showing up worthwhile." Uh, you know, because if all the church service, all it offers to me is music and sermons, and I can get that online, then why bother coming? 
I do agree it's the church's responsibility in so much as what we mean by the church is us, right? So I think the value of being together, whether that's to push one another to Jesus, whether that is that in our community people might see the reality of the gospel, whether that's to care for those who are hurting, like we do that by showing up and by looking around. I mean, something I've told people before, like for example, uh, people who are people, people, you know, extroverts who love people, you know, you you should, and this is my opinion, you should see it as your calling to get to church early and stay late. Like like you raise the temperature of the church in, in that way. And and I think if you showed so up with that mindset, for me, who's a pretty big introvert, I'm thinking of you, Jimmy. My job is show to late, leave early, arrive late, and leave early. Yes. <laughs> well, attendance might go up, but I don't know if that's uh, no. I think just saying like that's an example of showing up and saying, hey, like I'm actively here to engage people and make them feel welcome. That's my gift. That that's that's the way I'm wired. That's what. Well, if you do that, then you would never substitute a live stream, right? You would say, well, yeah, I can't do that. That's a main piece, but. Whether or not you're doing that's based on your mentality, not the institutional church, but the church's people, whether or not they're taking ownership of that. And that's where I, th- I think something mysterious happens. I don't know if we can explain everything that happens. I think the, um, the idea of uh, listening to music or going to a live concert or watching a basketball game on TV or going to the game. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, I know we, we kind of moved away from it being a consumer thing. Uh, and it's not necessarily a consumer thing. It is a completely different experience for me to uh, put on a CD and listen to music or go to a concert with a bunch of people and listen to it and experience it. Um, so I would say that there is, uh, along with what Zach said, with people using their gifts all around you, seeing them and seeing them experience what you're experiencing adds to your experience and changes qualitatively what's going on. It can so, be both and. It doesn't have to be either or. Like, it, I both gain more by coming. Right. And I give more by coming. I mean, I, I was at the Browns-Jets game this year where Baker Mayfield came in uh, when, when Tyrod Taylor got hurt. So his first game. I mean, it was the most electric I've ever heard that stadium. And I remember high-fiving the guys around me, right? I remember the jubilation. I remember... The hour I was stuck walking to my car with the big crowds chanting Baker Mayfield, you know, like I, I remember that, and it's not just what happened because I could have watched that on TV and I would still remember when Baker came in and and everything changed. But I also remember the feeling. Yeah. I remember the. I watch experience. it on TV and you can't. I, it's not the same. Yeah. You, you can't feel yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, it's it's that shared sense right. of it's not just. I saw it. We saw it. We experienced. I was there. We were there. I mean, my wife was with me. My brother and his wife were there. We talk about it all the time, right? That that for us, it's this experience, and and I and I just think we you you miss that if you're if if you're not there. And I think people could say, well, when I'm there, I don't have that kind of jubilant experience. Well, I've been to a lot of Browns games. I don't always have that either. But I think a that's a part of that's a mindset thing. Do you go looking for that? Do you not go looking for that? For B, you never know when it's going to happen, right? You never know right. when something amazing is is going to happen. But you know, if you're not there, you'll you you will miss it. One of the best things, uh, best compliments I ever heard about our church was uh, from a woman who said she she had brought a friend who had never been to our church before. And as they were walking into East Hall, she turned to her friend and said, "God's going to do something amazing." She had no idea what was going to go on in the service. She didn't know who was speaking. She just knew that something was going to happen, that where God was going to show up. And sure enough, you know, her friend came out just going, "That was amazing. God 
did that. And so it's, she didn't go in. The reason I thought it was such a great compliment is she didn't go in saying, oh, the music's going to be great or this you know, speaker's a really good speaker. She was saying, God is going to do something because his people have gathered to worship him. Yeah, and I, I think the one way I want to be careful with my metaphor of being at the Browns game and high-fiving the guy next to me and all that is to say that when I go to a Browns game, I don't know if something amazing is going to happen. There is a chance, and that, that's exciting. <laughs> it's a better chance now than... Well, yeah, yeah uh, there's also a chance of the opposite. But not to go too preacher uh, on you, but like when we gather at church, we are also gathering because something amazing has happened, right? That we are metaphorically... Uh, high-fiving each other because of what God already has done. And I think we tell, you know, that we, we like for my family, we get in the van and we go to church as a family, and I tell my kids, God may do something amazing today. We go in expectation that that can happen, that that might happen, that that will happen. But even if we don't see, and again, that's the other thing, God may do something amazing and we don't know. <laughs> we, did, we didn't see it. It was, you know, in someone else's life, in someone other place, but also God has done something amazing and we go to, to gather and to celebrate it. And, and just by showing up, I am saying to the person next to me, uh, what God has done already is worth my being here. And that, there's a power in that, right? Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, there's this shared ex- experience that can happen. An example would be in February of 2018 when we did the spontaneous baptism at right. CCC. And you, yeah. if you weren't there, you don't you don't know what it felt like to have Joe finish his sermon and say, "Hey, we're going to do this." And there's this sort of strange tension of, "Okay, that's that's unlike anything we've done before. What's going to happen?" And then all of a sudden. It's, it's just like I, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Right. And, yeah. And do you know what's cool about that too is so many times in the Old Testament, God's people get courage to move forward by looking backwards, right? They say, you know, we can take down Jericho because remember we were at the Red Sea and God split the Red Sea. But if you weren't there for that, that courage to move forward is harder for you to come by, right? So when you were there for the February service and you say, wow, that was amazing. Remember when God did that? So if God can do that, he can do this. So it's not just missing out on the experience. It's these experiences become part of the collective narrative of CCC that say, that say to us, we can press forward because God has been or faithful the, in the, the past. The bigger picture of the church yeah. right. in yeah. general. And so part of the faith you need, the fuel for the faith you need to move forward is in experiencing things that have happened in the past. We're talking about the pros and cons of live stream. I mean, there were several stories of people who were watching from home, jumped, jumped. in their cars, <laughs> yeah. and oh, made it by third service cool. because they had to see it and they had that's to be a cool. part. And um, you know, some people came and were baptized because they saw it on right. live stream, yeah. and then they came. So it's. Kind of- I think it would be worth saying to someone listening to this podcast if you are a live streamer for no other reason than that's just how you engage CCC, and that maybe you would take the first step of just coming. And maybe even saying, like, going up to Joe or whoever's preaching that week and saying, hey, I'm here. I listen to the podcast. I'm going to try it for a week or two and, you know, coming. That just Maybe this is the push you need uh, to, to take that step and engage in the actual service. Yeah, and I, I would say let's not underestimate, too, that, that we're doing the same things in church that they did from the earliest church. So you look at Acts 2 and, you know, they're devoted to the apostles' teaching, to breaking of bread, to prayer. Um, and the biggest thing that that sticks out to me there is they were together and they had everything in common. And then the next line, it says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There's something mysterious about it, but by gathering, we actually grow. It's, an, it's People are attracted to people who get along together yeah. under one 
banner, which yeah, is Christ. Yeah, you know, there. Uh, I heard someone explain it once this way of saying there, and I'm going to butcher this because I'm not a science guy, but there is, you have centrifugal and centripetal force, right? And one of them is you whip up enough energy that things are propelled out. And that's most often what we think of, we think of mission, right? As we, the church, we rally people and then we send them to faraway places or, you know, but there's also a whipping up motion that pulls things in. And I think that's Acts 2, right? It, it's what they're doing together that actually pulls people in in the same way. So I, I think sending people out to neighborhoods, far off countries, small groups, that's only half the church's mission. The other half is a kind of gravitational pull that that pulls people in. And there is something powerful about sitting uh, next to people that you would never rub shoulders with in any other circumstance. People who come from different backgrounds, different political kind of persuasions, all that sitting side, you know, I get to see it from up front. But to me, it's always great to see and to know people who have connected because uh, of Jesus that would not be friends in any other circumstance, yeah. but they sit, they will sit side by side or stand side by side, uh, worshiping God, enjoying each other as they worship God together. So something powerful about that is particularly in our country right now that's so divided. Yeah. And I just think if live streaming, if the genesis of your live streaming, and again, if there's a fault, I don't think it's with live streaming. It's with how we consume it. And if the genesis of yours is saying, well, the church is a broken place, it's I've had bad experiences, or <clears throat> I don't think I'd like what I find there. I, I just think, again, every time you choose, again, not if you have to, but if you're choosing to stay home, you are unintentionally contributing to that. That the only way to push back against that, the only way to shift that is to show up and be counter to that. It's not easy. It, it's messy, uh, but it's worthwhile. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, and one of the things we want to continue to do is make the connection between our faith in Jesus and our everyday lives. So if you have a question or topic that you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. And if you want more information about Christ Community Chapel, our church, you can go to our website, which is www.ccchapel.com. Thanks for listening.